Hallelujah. Woo. That takes me back to Sunday's sermon. Praise God, where someone needs to say something. Somebody needs to decree it. Somebody needs to put it out in declaration. Amen. Praise the Lord. I join Pastor Radika in welcoming you tonight. Thank you for coming out on this Wednesday evening and us studying God's Word together. We've got a big day tomorrow, Valentine's Day. All of you that have been impacted by a sweetheart, and every one of us have been, or we wouldn't be here. And uh, we can thank God that He has a plan. Thank God that He has a plan. Amen? And uh, we're going uh, to celebrate that. The world has tried to distort it, and the enemy has tried to destroy it in every way that he could. Uh, but let me tell you what, the plan of God shall continue to go forth, and we the people of God should be the ones that are trained to lead the way in that. So we're going to be looking tonight at a message that I've entitled, Different by Design. We are different by design. So if you are male, you can look at a female. And if you are female, you can look over at a male and say, we're different. And you got that right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word tonight. And we thank you for your creative order we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here to guide us and lead us into truth and give us revelation that will literally transform our lives. Lord, we don't want to hear the words of a man. We want to hear the word of your spirit. So, Holy Spirit, we open our ears to hear and our eyes to see the way you would guide and direct us in and through the preaching of your word. We give you the praise and the glory for it, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Different by design. Now I'm going to go ahead and do a disclosure up front. You're not going to hate me after this message. I am going to talk about some averages and some norms, and you may not fit into those averages or norms. So go ahead, say up front, Pastor, we forgive you. We know where you're coming from. I don't want anybody throwing any tomatoes at me here tonight. And uh, so we're going to be looking at how we are different but by the design of God. In Genesis chapter 2, beginning at verse 15, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you shall eat it, you shall surely die." And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all the cattle and the birds of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord had taken from the man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called a woman. He probably said, Whoa, man, you know, because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the, they shall become one flesh. So that's the beginning and the inception of how God made us male and female. Now we look in the New Covenant, we see God continues in this in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 and following. It says, Wives, submit, your, to, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. 
For the husband is the head of the wife, also as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to her present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each of you in, in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. I'm telling you, God has a plan, and any plan that God has ever initiated, the enemy has tried to come in and foil he has tried to come in and destroy, even in heaven. Can you imagine the, the gall? Can you imagine the nerve of Lucifer to want to rise up in rebellion against God in heaven and even take a third of the angelic host with him to become the demonic forces that come against the plan of God here on earth? And because of that, we have some statistics here in the United States. Uh, when, when we have children, whether it's a boy or it's a girl, and uh, it, it doesn't, you know, we've got the boys being born, we've got the girls being born, and the enemy is attacking both of them. Over 30% of the children today are raised in a single home. That is, that is unbelievable. 85% of these homes with children are run by the mother. So we have a dominant mother leading these single parent homes and being raised by a mother can teach a little girl what it's like to be a mother and how to keep a house. But the problem is most boys are raised by their mother as well. And it's very difficult for a mom to model a dad and it's hard for them to follow a model which they've not had a role model. I'm telling you, you can be aggravated with your husband because you tell him, I want you to be the head of the house. And, and, and he's probably thinking, I don't know what that means. And the reason may be because he's heard it said, but he's never seen it modeled. See, you can read a book on how to play football, but it's a different thing from reading a book on how to play football and having someone go and throw the football with you out in the backyard. Okay? And the reason being is because they've never had that model. And we have that so much in our society today. And it's affecting a lot of the marriages that are taking place. Even Christian marriages are being affected by this. I believe God's going to give us revelation tonight to help us in our own marriage or to help us help someone else in their marriage that we can share this with them and to also see the importance of us being spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers here in this house and for us giving role models to children who may not have it in the home but they can see godly men and they can see godly women, worship God, serve God and be compassionate and kind and giving and, and with service. They can see it modeled here through the church. Because let me tell you what, again, it's hard to do, follow the role of something you've never had a role model. And uh, this generation that we're in, they're deeming it the fatherless generation. 
And let me tell you, this causes a lot of problems with our men today because they've been raised by a mama and they've been taught by a mama and, and they've responded to by mama and they've not had a real dad in their life. And where the problem comes is in is because the fatherly anointing is an orderly anointing. It is an anointing of order, whether in the church or whether in the home, whether spiritual or whether natural. And if I am someone's spiritual father, it's not my job to be cool and just hang out with them. It's my job to help bring order in their life in and through the love of God. And God set it up that way when he created Adam. He gave order to the very creation that God gave by naming the animals and by tending to and keeping the order of the garden. This is all before sin. This is all before the fall. God had set that anointing on him, an orderly anointing. If you were to ask most single moms and say, what is your greatest need? She would probably tell you somehow or another, by the grace of God, I've been able to pay the bills. I've been able to help the kids with their homework. I've been able to help them through the flu and, and nurture them through all the challenges of life. But the thing I struggle with the most is keeping order. They would say, I need help on that. Because where there's a lack of a father's role in the house, it tends to breed promiscuity in the girl and rebellion in the boy. Void of a healthy father's role, there are unmet emotional needs from a positive male touch that a girl never gets, so she goes seeking this positive kind out with other boys, and she gets negative in return, and this leaves this gapping hole in her, which leaves her emptier in the end than the beginning, and the enemy loves to just bring and fill in all kinds of negative through those experiences. Then you've got the boy, and because of no order, it breeds this rebellion. And they go out and they try to find a group that they can belong to, the, someone that, can, that, that, that they feel secure with, that has a, somewhat of a masculinity, and they'll join gangs and they'll join groups and they'll enter into doing things that if you took them by themselves and listened to their heart, they would have never wanted to do. But that spirit of rebellion come in. But I'm here tonight to empower the church with the Word of God because I believe the Word of God can come in to any situation or circumstance, whether it has got our culture on a downward spiral or not, and it can turn things around. I know the power of the Spirit of God can raise dead people. Hallelujah. And I want to see our young men and our young women and I want to see our marriages and I want to see our potential marriages so start off in the right way that the favor and the blessing of God is on it that we can, we can end well. You know, sometimes we've started out and maybe you've started out on the wrong foot, but the good news is God is a God of a second chance. God is a God that can help us get uh, that which is wrong righted and we can end well. I want us to live our lives to the fullest. I want your marriage to go to a level you've never had it. If you've not been married, I want you to be so prepared biblically that the devil doesn't trick you and you enter into a godly relationship and into holy matrimony the way God would have you to do it and have the blessings of God on your marriage from day one. We get that from the instruction of God's Word. Amen. So we don't want to just have uh, no marriages, having divorce left and right, or we don't want to just live with a mediocre marriage uh, or a dysfunctional marriage. We, we want to live with a God-blessed marriage. 
I don't care where your marriage is. If you're married tonight, I pray that this word will help take it to the next level. You say, I got a good marriage. Let's go for great. You say, I got a great marriage. Let's go for extraordinary. You say, I got an extraordinary marriage. I don't have another word to go to, but let's just go beyond that. Amen. We've got wives saying, you know, I want him to be the head and I want him to lead and I want him to bring order. But the problem is uh, all he's ever had is a mama and you're asking him to do something he's never had modeled for him. And women, you know, they, they, they don't, they get frustrated, and I, you, rightly so, but when you get to see why something is the way it is, then you can understand, okay, here's the problem, what is the solution? And I believe the solution is that the men of God in the house of God would come along and we would be role models that, that broken men coming in would see. Broken men would begin through relationships with us, say, you know what? There's a model there that I can follow. There's a model. Here's a man that, that's strong and a man that, that is providing for his family and protecting his family, but he's sensitive and he'll pray and he cares and he's a giver. You know what? I, I want to be like him, someone who's strong but yet sensitive someone who can lead but yet uh, uh, follow others as well. My, my, my. We need to be these role models. And believe you me, they are looking. They are looking. They are searching. And, uh, and that is so very important. Now, now, we all know God made everything first and then He made man. He made it all, then He made us. We go back to Genesis 2. The Lord said it's not good that man be alone. So here, He'd made all of this stuff in the earth. And uh, he had all these animals, and Adam had named these animals, but he said, nope, you know, dogs, man's best friend. God said, nope, that's not true. They might be your second best friend, but I got a, a, a wife for you. She'll be your best friend. And that's what we men should start saying. If you say, my dog's my best friend, you need to change that. You need to start saying, my wife's my best friend. My wife's my best friend. And if there's something causing that friendship not to flourish and grow, then you need to start seeking counsel and guidance and prayer and, and, and understanding and how to bring it to the place that it needs to be. So we know that he brought all of the animals to him and said, whatever you call them, that's what their name shall be. And then at the end of that, there was still not one found comparable to him. So the Lord put him to sleep and there took his rib out. You've read that in the scripture and uh, made a woman. And then Adam is now saying, now this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. And therefore she shall leave her mother and father and be joined to his wife. And they shall become one flesh, one flesh. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, one plus one is equals one. We need to understand that. Because Adam was made out of dust and Eve was made out of Adam. Okay? Woman, women, you, you're, finer, you're finer than us. Okay? You're, you're, you're more special than us. We were made out of dirt and you were made out of us. See, God pulled Adam out of the dirt and then he pulled Eve out of Adam. So we're different from the very beginning. We're different by design. And that's what I want to help you understand that maybe what the enemy is using to cause conflict in relationships really and truly shouldn't be causing conflict at all. You are different by design. See, God separated the qualities of maleness and femaleness, and he shows that in the Scripture. In other words, Adam has what she doesn't have, and she has what Adam doesn't have. And instead of the two, uh, those two differences uh, being something that would be in competition, he says that we are to complete each other, not compete with each other. 
And, and many times the enemy gets us focusing on the differences and seeing that as a problem, something that we're going to focus on, say, well, that's not like me, that's not how I do it, that's not how I think, that's not how I like it. And, and we make that as the center of what we are arguing over, finding our differences over, competing over, rather than saying, God made you different. God made you different by design. And we are to complete each other, not compete with each other. See, when we get married and come together, uh, the Bible says it over and over. I showed you in the Old Testament and I showed you in the New Testament that the two become one. So I repeat it again. It's the only time you find one plus one equals one. It's when we see in this covenant of marriage... And that's why on this uh, screen with the one plus one, I put the diamond ring and the, and the man's ring there. It's a covenant. This covenant changes uh, arithmetic so that there is a supernatural blending together. And guess what the enemy wants to do? If God wants us one plus one to become one, guess what the enemy wants? He wants to bring a divisive sign. He wants to bring division in there. And he wants it split up rather than uh, unified in this exponential supernatural way. So your marriage is, if you'll understand this, it's more about bringing glory to God than it is about getting your way all the time. Now, now let me tell you what. When you have a healthy marriage, it will bring more joy in your life than you could ever get anywhere else on earth. I'm telling you, a dog, a cat, a bird can't do it. Best friends can't do it. God made this special. This marriage is of God. And we need to see that in a day and age that is discarding marriage as something that may be inconvenient, may be convenient, it may be something we'll do down the road, it may be something we'll work in, we won't work in, it may be something we'll work on or we won't work on. Let me tell you what, a good, healthy marriage will bring you more joy than any other relationship you can have on planet Earth in the physical because it's God's plan. It is amazing. And every happy husband said, Amen. And every blessed wife say, Amen. Y'all got to talk to me. By faith, talk to me tonight. Okay. Because it is a type that God uses to describe His relationship to us. He says, I'm going to use the relationship between a husband and a wife and use that as a holy type of my relationship with my people through Christ. That Jesus is the bridegroom and we are the bride of Christ. That God says this is a type. He tells us that in Ephesians. And, 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 and folks should be able to, if they've never hear you preach a sermon, they should be able to learn about God's love and learn about His forgiveness and learn about His grace towards you by watching the way you operate in your home, with your family, in the neighborhood, in the sports, and all that you do with your family. They should be able to see Jesus. They should be able to see. Now that, there's something special there. That, 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 that family has something I want. And we need to know that we are living examples, living the type of the relationship that God has with us, the church, in and through our relationship with our marriage. Your home should be a movie that is played out before your whole neighborhood of how much Jesus loves the church and how much the church loves Jesus. It should be the demonstration. See, God pulled Eve out of Adam's side and now when they get together, there's this powerful explosion of wholeness 
oneness and glory. It's a type of the last Adam, Jesus, who came and there was no suitable bride for him. So God had him hang on an old rugged tree and while he hung there dead, a Roman soldier pierced his side and blood and water came out and once again God pulled out of his side, I'm telling you, washed in the blood, baptized in the water, a bride. That's where we the church came from. So now when we come back to Jesus, there's this powerful explosion of, of power and glory that brings wholeness and oneness and completeness that we have been searching for. We couldn't find it anywhere else. You tell me someone who's gone the route of drugs, gone the route of womanizing, gone the route of, uh, of promiscuity, gone the route of finances and, 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 and great of fame, whatever, and they're still empty. They're like Adam. Nothing, nothing fills this gap. Nothing fills this hole but they can get born again and they say better than all the billions of dollars and better than all of the fleshly fun this relationship with Jesus is amazing it is great and they'll go to a martyr's death for that relationship because that which was designed to be together which is different when it comes together there's that oneness there's that wholeness we are different by design God architecturally drew it up that way. Don't let the enemy use the difference to cause the division. I want to talk about some of the areas that we are different by design. And, uh, and you know, like I said, give me some grace here. I know this may not fit you, but this is probably the majority, okay? One of the differences I find in, in uh, uh, man and woman is multitasking, okay? Uh, you ladies, you get mad at your husband because he can't multitask, okay? I don't know if you've ever noticed a woman or not, but she can stock the pantry with her right hand while she's flipping a grilled cheese with her left hand while carrying a baby on her hip and talking on the phone and never missing a beat in the conversation. I don't know how they do it. And you look at a man and he's got one remote, okay? And you're calling his name, Tim, 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 hey, Tim. And then eventually he'll go, huh? Come on now. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I've seen a woman, she can drive down the road at 65 miles an hour and spank the kid with her right hand, got the cell phone on speakerphone. She don't miss a turn. She can drive with her knee, put on lipstick while eating a cheeseburger all at the same time and keep it all together. And you let us men, we get to talking on the phone and we're supposed to get off at the Greenbrier exit and we end up in Richmond. You know it's true. We're different by design. See, 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 don't get mad that he missed a turn. Just remind him. And I know he's going to get mad because you had to remind him. He's going to say, woman, I know where I'm going. But in the back of his mind, he says, sure, I'm so glad because I didn't want to go to Richmond today anyway. <laughs> and all of this is so because of the third month of pregnancy, a male gets this testosterone bath in the mother's womb that the girl doesn't get. And, and in that hormonal bath, it severs the nerves that connect the right side to the left side of the brain. So he, he's born with 70% less connectors than his wife. You could say we somewhat have brain damage, okay. Now, there are exceptions, I know, but this gives men a more limited ability to multitask. And, and there's, there's not anything wrong with that. Remember, God's made this by design. You got a man, guess what he can do with that brain? He can focus. Oh my goodness. You let him focus on something and he's dangerous. 
You let a man become the head of the house and focus on the devil, he'll take the devil down, he'll cut his juggler and bleed him out. Because a man can focus. I said many times a man's brain is like a waffle and a woman's brain is like a pancake. You can put hot syrup in one of the squares of a man's brain and it not affect the rest of the brain and the woman's brain, hot syrup gets on the hot pancake, it's going to affect it all. He can stay focused. But when it comes to multitasking, boy, we need you ladies, we need you. I don't know how you can do it. You're driving down 65 miles an hour on the speakerphone, spanking the child, eating a burger, putting on lipstick, and you've just planned out a whole birthday party. I don't know how you do it. Praise God for you. We're different by design. And we're not to compete, we are to complete each other. But the enemy wants us to focus on the differences and try to make them negative and try to divide. He does that in every aspect, every aspect. Whether it is in a, a man and a woman bringing together in marriage, whether it is in, even in heaven while they were worshiping God and he was one of the archangels and leading in worship and he wants to bring division there. He tries to bring division in every area. He tries to divide uh, uh, generations and so one generation looks down on the next generation and the younger generation is despising the older generation. And Let me tell you what, that's a lie of the devil. He tries to do it through our, our sex, through men and women, and make us look at our differences, divide us. He tries to do it through the, the shade of the skin color that we have and try to look at our difference and divide us. The devil is always at work, but we got to identify what he's doing and say, no, you're not going to get by with this today. You're not going to destroy the people of God. You're not going to destroy my marriage. You're not going to destroy my household because I'm, I'm aware to how your tactics and what you're doing. And, and let me tell you what, that is not how God set it up. Amen? When we look at how we are so different by design as husband and wife and men and women, there's also a difference in verbal skills. They say most men, they speak under 7,000 words a day and most women speak 20,000 plus words a day. Now that's a big difference. Ladies, that's why it ticks you off when you begin this argument with him and he walks out of the room with a grunt. <clears throat> okay. Why does he do this? Well, most men don't like to lose. Okay, let me just tell you, they're competitive. They don't like to lose, and they know there's no way they can hang with you in the word war. war word war. Okay, see, I'm even struggling up here with my 7,000. Here you are, you're speaking 20 plus thousand uh, words a day and he tops out at 7,000 and you think, you think you're going to get him to engage in this battle? You got the advantage over him three to one and he knows that. And you say stuff like, don't you walk away from me while I'm talking to you. I'm not going to be talking to the back of your head. Turn around. I want us to talk this thing out. And the whole time he's shutting down. He's putting up his clothes for business sign. I can tell you that. Okay. He's not being a jerk. He's being a male. Come on now. So ladies, you've got to learn how to talk to your man. You've got to know why that is. Why it's happening that way. Give him, give him a space, but then say, we need to talk. And then let him go and think about it and formulate his 7,000 measly words. And then he'll be ready to have somewhat of a conversation. But you're, 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 you're on the attack and he's overwhelmed and he's thinking, no way. That or he's going to try to push you away by being very, very threatening or ugly. And you don't want, you don't want to push that button in anybody stirring up wrath, okay? But no, there's a difference there. There's a difference there. He doesn't want to hear the details. Did you know that? When he comes home from work and says, hey, sweetheart, what's for dinner tonight? Don't do this. Well, honey, let me tell you something. 
I was supposed to go to the grocery store by 2 o'clock and your son broke the crystal bowl. You know, that genuine antique crystal bowl that Aunt Margaret gave me on our wedding day. You know, the only thing that was worth anything in this house that's fallen apart that we're living in. It's the bowl she gave me right before she, right before we got married. And then she died. I'm telling you, he broke it. You remember how special it made me feel? You know the one that I treasured that you moved out of the, uh, the cabinet the other day looking for something and you left it on the table? Well, now it's broke. And I'm telling you what, when he broke it, it ripped a hole in the floor and then I had to, the baby crawl through it and cut its knees and then I had blood everywhere. I had to wipe up the blood, bandage the knee and, and there was crying and mess everywhere. I guess I'm going to have to patch this floor too because you never get to your to-do list. You know what I'm talking about. That was the nicest thing I'd ever been given and I don't reckon I'll ever have anything that nice again. I called you seven times and you didn't answer your phone. I reckon I'm not that important to you. You could at least check your message. Well, good thing we weren't dying because I reckon we'd be dead by now. Well, then I got to the store, got some groceries, got back to the car, had a flat tire. Then guess what? Clarice, she showed up. Thank God for Clarice, you know. If, if Clarice had not come, I'd still be there. And, and then the groceries spilled over in the back seat and busted the juice and it got all in the carpet and I know the ants are on their way. And when I got home, well, the door wouldn't open. I left my key with Clarice. I had to go back to Clarice's house, get the key, and then come. And while I'm here, the, the whole time the kids are screaming and they're driving me crazy. I'm telling you, by this time, he's got this blank look and a twitch. He's a, he just walked in and said, hey, honey, how was your day? Ooh, he's thinking, how? You know what? I'm getting called back to overtime. I hear I'm being paged right now. They need me. There's something broke down at the shop. You know, he's trying to get out of there. We're different by design. And there's nothing wrong with either or. We just need to understand. Men, you need to understand your wife. If she needs to go through the details, understand. You don't need to just excuse it. You need to be uh, more patient and more uh, focused in helping her uh, express herself. And you listen to it and understand she needs to do that if that's how she needs to process it. We're different by design, and the enemy wants us to focus on the differences to divide us. We cannot let him have our marriages. We cannot have it, let him have our relationships. Do you hear what I'm saying? We can't do it. God designed it for man and woman to come together and the two to be one flesh. And let me tell you what, the devil will do everything he can to split that up. But you can't let him have it. You got to say, I know we are different by design and that's just, that's the way God made it and we're not to compete, we're to complete one another. You listen to a man talk on the phone and you listen to a woman talk on the phone, it'd be two different, yeah, guarantee two different conversations. Most men, uh, their cell phone, uh, you know, they're on the phone probably 60 seconds or less if you were to do a, an analysis. Uh, what do you want? Uh, what do you need? Yes, I'll be there in about 10 minutes uh, and maybe he'll say bye or maybe not. And that's it. And you're like, how in the world could you solve anything with that? How do, do you know the details? And, and he's like, oh, I don't know. Well, when you get there, what are you going to do? Well, I don't know. Well, and, and you're like, I'm so frustrated with you. But guess what? When he gets there, whatever he's faced with, he, he, he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. He's not dumb or stupid. So don't let the devil put those words in your mouth and say, you stupid. You, you just don't know how to talk to people. Okay. Let him be him, and men let your wives be who they are. No, we're different by design. He's usually logical, and she's more emotional. See, men want to process their thoughts, and women want to process it through feelings. 
There's nothing wrong with either one. And God made us male and female that when we come together, there's a wholeness and that supernatural uh, covenant bondage of blessing. So really and truly, both are needed and we need each other. So men, hear me. Women, most of the time, they, they have the ability to fix it all by themselves. They just want to know that you care. Please, I want to help you out now. Don't you feel like you're all Superman because we'll believe you, Mott, and believe you, me. Most women can take care of it themselves. They just want, they bring it to you because they just want to see if you care. You know what? You can be in the family room watching TV and she'll come in with a towel over her shoulder and say, Do you know there's a grease fire in the kitchen? And you say, no, no, honey, I didn't know there was a grease fryer. And you start to get up. And she said, no, 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 don't you worry about it. I can take care of it. I just wanted to know that you knew there's a grease fire in the kitchen and, and I'll go take care of it. You know, I just want to see if you care. <laughs> because they really can. You women are absolutely amazing. I've seen God do in and through you supernaturally great things. But I understand your heart. You want to know that your husband cares and is involved and engaged. Usually he's visual and she's uh, visually stimulated and she's more emotionally stimulated. So ladies, I don't mean any harm, but uh, he's not stimulated by that poem. I mean, you can go ahead and send it to him. I'm not saying don't send it to him, but more than likely that doesn't stimulate him that much. You know, that, that, that sweet little poem. He's more stimulated visually on average. Why do you think pornography is a multi-billion dollar industry that the enemy is using to destroy lives in such a horrible way? Because the devil has caught on through this world system something that many people have not figured out. Let me tell you why. And, and, and men are visually stimulated. And, and men, listen, your wife is emotionally stimulated. That, that's why rarely will you ever see a good-looking man who takes care of himself date a woman who doesn't. When you see a man that's good-looking, he cleans up and takes care of himself, you'll usually have a, a matching partner on his, by his side. I mean, you just see that. But on the other hand, you'll see a beautiful woman date a man who looks like he's been hooked to the hitch of the back of a truck and drugged down the street and beat with the ugly stick. And other guys look at that and it's a beautiful woman and this ugly man. And you're like, what is up with that? And it's simple. He can sing. <laughs> She's touched in ways that you can't even imagine. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. We're different by design. Adam woke up to a garden and God said, tend it. That was his job. But Eve woke up to Adam. She didn't wake up to a job, but she woke up to a relationship. Do you see that? So Adam wants the garden to be successful and Eve wants her relationship to him to be successful. So men try to find success in what they do and women try to find success in healthy relationships. Women are built for relationships. A husband, lean on your wife for that. Let her lead and guide you and, and bring some instruction on how you can mature in relationship because women tend to find great success in their relationships. And while a woman is built for relationships, we men have to mature in relationships. And that's not a bad thing. When you understand that's our design, that's not a bad thing. And, and, and why he gets so much satisfaction from his job. When Adam was created, he was created and said, tend this garden, here's your job. 
But I'm telling you, that is not the whole story. God made not only the male, He made the female. That the two would come together, not to compete, but to complete one another, because we need the relational side as well. It's not just all work, and it's not just all relationship. We together conquer. We together grow. We together do the things God has called us. You let a man lose his job, he'll go through a depression. You let a woman lose a friend and she'll go through a depression. Big difference there. Have you ever wondered? This here blows my mind, but when I got this understanding, it really helped me. Why do women all go to the bathroom together? That for a man, let me tell you what, you go in packs. You can be at dinner with 12 folks and one lady can make the announcement, well, I need to go to the ladies' room. Would anyone like to go? And six of them say, yeah, 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 I'll go. And we men, our mouths are wide open and we're like, I cannot imagine. I mean, I cannot imagine. I couldn't imagine being at dinner with a group and saying, Frank, you know, let, 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 I got to go to the bathroom. Hey, you want to go with me? And I, I think you probably say, no, I can handle it. And you can handle that all by yourself. You just go right ahead. You know, men don't even talk in the bathroom. Women want sofas in the bathroom. And all the pretty foo-foo and stuff, we like, we want to dive in and dive out as fast as we can. There's actually an unspoken rule, you don't even speak in the bathroom. Did you know that? You women know that. When you go in a men's restroom, it is silent. We've got speakers in there that the men can hear the sermon when they go to the bathroom, but I guarantee you the women don't hear the sermon if you go to the bathroom during the service because you've got your own conversation going. Men don't understand that. We don't do that. We're different by design. And, and, and God made it that way. And, and what the enemy wants to do is get us to focus on the differences and to see that as that which would divide us. And I understand, no matter how different we are, we're still in a fallen state as well, and there are imperfections we bring into relationships. There are bad memories, there are bad things we've gone through, there's maybe a poor uh, role models that we've had growing up, and we bring these imperfections into our marriage. And, but let me tell you what, it's the imperfections that demand ministry. So you must see your marriage as a place that you must first do ministry. Before you go out and do ministry out in the world, or out in the neighborhood, or out in the church, you need to be ministering in your home. And the Bible says that if we can't do that in the home, then we're really not fit to be doing it outside of the home. Because God cares about the home. God cares about your marriage. Your marriage is a type of the relationship Jesus Christ has with the church. And as he pulled out of Adam's side his bride, so he pulled out of Jesus' side when that Roman soldier pierced it through water and blood, us, the church, to be redeemed and born again and baptized. Let me tell you what. He cares about our relationship. I am amazed at how far our grace period will go for others, how patient we will be with others and uh, dealing with their imperfections. And, but the one that we're committed to in covenant, the one that we have stood before the altar of God and, and, and committed ourselves with vows before God that He might bring forth a holy, sanctifying work upon that relationship of the two becoming one. And it's there. Our fuse is so short. Our tolerance is so short. Let me tell you what. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It should not be so. Now, I know psychologically we have a tendency that we will give the least to the one that gives the most to us. 
that we will treat the worst, the one that is there to treat us the best, that we will take advantage of what we are most comfortable in. If we have a love relationship and we're most comfortable in it, we will neglect it. And we're not comfortable in a new relationship with a boss or, or with a supervisor, and we will flip over backwards to try and please them. Let me tell you what, if you're, that's a hypocrisy. You must take care of your spouse first and your children next. You must love them. You must see that the relationship has imperfections and it has differences and it demands ministry. The intimacy between the husband and the wife by its very nature reveals the imperfections and these imperfections do not demand your scrutiny or do not demand your criticism. It demands your ministry. Let your ministry begin with your spouse. This is an eve here before we come into Valentine's Day and it's just a day on the calendar that says we're supposed to buy chocolate and flowers. I'm telling you, you treat your spouse in the love of Christ and, and the intimacy of that which God has given to you every day, 365 days out of the year. Don't you think a box of chocolates is going to fix everything? Come on now. We are a role model to the world. And we think our shouting and our prayers and our praises is the role model the world needs, but that will not touch them if they've seen you mistreat or they've seen you be short or they've seen you be uncaring with the people that matters most. The world is watching you. Your neighbors are watching you. And they need to see a man and a woman love each other. A man and a woman be gracious to each other in marriage. A man and a woman be forgiving with each other in marriage. A man and a woman want to see each other succeed more than they can even imagine that we're there to help. We are helpmates. Hallelujah. Men, you are to minister in the places of her imperfections. And women, you are to minister to him in the places of his imperfections. Let me tell you, men, if your wife is struggling with her weight since giving birth to the fourth child, okay, that you never had to have any stretch marks carrying and never had to, uh, you know, go two body sizes and carry them nine months, eat four of them, that's 36 months. Three years she carried your children. Your job is not to remind her that she weighs a few pounds more than when you first got married. Your job is to minister and give her courage to overcome her imperfection and help her achieve the goals that she sets for herself. Imperfections demand ministry. They demand grace. God wants the two to become one in a holy unity, in a supernatural unity, a unity of exponential uh, proportions that only God can explain to us in heaven one day the power of it because it's a divine design that no engineer here on this earth can truly figure out. God wants the two of us to be one. You complete, not compete with each other. We must see that. I know... When we go to South Carolina, uh, we're traveling down uh, on fi Highway 521. We come to this uh, place in the road th where 377 comes in. It's a fork in the road, and it's, it's an awkward, uh, awkward position. Uh, it's so much so there's so many accidents that have taken place there because when you pull up, it's at such an angle, you really, the driver cannot see over his right shoulder. So much so that there was a ditch there and so many cars have made a road through the ditch and if it's not raining, they'll drive through the ditch so they can turn at the angle to see because you feel so vulnerable because you can't see. 
But when we get to that, that fork in the road, you know, Rodika, she's riding beside me and, and she looks back and she tells me whether it's clear or not. And, and, and she, the reason I'm leaning on her is because she can see what I can't see. And I'm seeing what she can't see when she's looking back. And together, we can make a safety in traveling forward and going on to our destination. See, when we come to the fork in the road, it causes us both to be able to see perfectly in our different directions. And she's not mad at me because I'm looking down 521, and I'm not mad at her because she's looking back at 377 to see if anything's coming. Oh, if we could see life like that. When, when, when the two, which are different by design, come together, we can see clearly. It's like 2020 vision. It's like the peripheral added to the, the, the tunnel vision, and we can see the whole thing when we look at life together. And, and I'm here today to ask some folks to stop fighting over your differences. The devil is winning when that happens. The devil, is, his plan is at work and he will succeed. And if he doesn't split you up, he will split you up even though you live together, if you know what I'm talking about. Notice that God has made us different by design and these differences are supposed to be a blessing. If they could do everything you're supposed to do by yourself, then we wouldn't need anyone. But God said, I didn't make you that way. I made Adam. He was incomplete. And all of the animals, none of them, the birds are there, none of them could complete him. But then I took out of him this woman, and the two of them can become one flesh, and they can be whole. And you and I will be whole when we learn to stop fighting over the differences and celebrate them instead. Please hear me. We have laughed some here the night, and, and uh, that doesn't mean it wasn't important what we're talking about. This is so very important because this strategy of the enemy, he will use it in marriage. He'll use it in age. I've seen generations, uh, how they speak against each other. Here at Christian Embassy, whether you're 105 or whether you're five or whether you're five months or five days old, you have the same value. We're not going to allow one generation to look down on the other. Oh, those stupid ones coming up or those old fogies. They don't know what they're talking about. We're not going to do that here because that's not the, that's not the plan of God. That we are one family. And the enemy's strategy is always to come in and cause division over the differences just because there's a difference in age. And I tell, I tell the kids, you laugh at whatever you're laughing at. Let me tell you what. You just, if you live long enough, you'll be there too. You'll be there too. Because when we were young, we were like, oh, we were invincible and we'd never have this or never have to deal with that. But let me tell you what, as you get older, you find out you can't stop it. It's just part of aging. But the enemy will use those differences to try and divide. He'll do it with gender. He'll try to get girl against boy and boy against girl, whether in marriage or whether just in, 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 in society at large. Let me tell you why. It's not God didn't make us to be all girls and He didn't make us to be all boys. He's got it split pretty much down the middle. And let me tell you what. He's made us with differences, but those differences when we come together in marriage, those are not to divide us, but they are to complete us. He does it in races. And he says that someone's got a better tan than someone else. And, and let me tell you what, that makes them better or makes them less. Let me tell you what, that is ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. 
that we all have the same blood. We have the same color of blood. We're from the same human race. We are all children of God. There is no inferior one. There is no superior one. That is ridiculous. That is straight from the pit of hell. We're different by design. God was not saying a woman is better than a man. He wasn't saying an older gentleman is better than a young boy or a young boy better than an older gentleman. He wasn't saying that, that someone who's bronze is better than someone who is yellow or white. Now let me tell you what. Let me tell you what. The enemy will always try to get us to focus on the differences and somehow or another cause a war or, or a fight of division even into our marriages. And I wanted to, on this day before Valentine's Day, help you, if you're married, have one of the best Valentine's Day and going forward that you've had maybe in years, that you will see your spouse as a precious gift that God has given to you. And that God, as He took out of Adam's side and gave him Eve, God put you two together. I don't care what the circumstances were. Let me tell you what, God can take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. And you need to start looking at what God is doing and what God has done in His doing. And you need to look at the differences you have as something to celebrate. Pastor Radik and I, we laugh about it now. When we got this revelation, man, it helped us so much, we laugh about it. And, and, and now she leans on me and she understands why she's leaning on me in areas. And I lean on her and I understand why I'm leaning on her in areas. And it just kind of makes, makes walking go good. Right foot, left foot, we just, we just have good life. Sometimes she's the right foot, sometimes uh, I'm the left foot, and sometimes she's the left foot and I'm the right foot. It don't matter, it helps us keep balance and keep going. Because we were meant to be together. We're in covenant. We, have, we will never allow the word divorce to even be uttered in, our, in any exchange we ever have. It is forbidden in our vocabulary. Forbidden because we're in a covenant relationship and we know God has put us together and if there are any differences or there are any challenges that we're going to help each other overcome those and we're going to be stronger and more intimate and closer together because we work through those things together. The devil's not going to win. And we want to we be a role model for you, but we want to challenge every one of you who are married to be that role model as well. Be that role model to your children. Be that role model to your community. Be that role model to your church. And for you who are not married but maybe hoping to get married, you've got some education now that you know, so now you're not going to look for someone who can just sing. Okay? You're going to be looking for who God has created for you. Amen. You want who God created for you. Let that be your prayer. You say, well, I want him tall, and I want him this, and I want him that. No. Say, God, I want who you want. He's five foot one, okay, or, or six foot seven, whatever. Who you created for me, God. You're going to be different by design. And you can celebrate those. And if we will apply this to every area of our life, as God has ordained and called us to live this victorious life, let me tell you why. The enemy is just lost. Because his strategy was to get us warring, warring over the differences. Talking about the differences. Fussing about the differences. You know what I'm talking about? Always focused on the differences. Let me tell you why. The difference is there by design. It's how God started it out. And that's how he's going to end it up. And he was so proud of this design that he said, I'll let it be the type this supernatural spiritual type of my son's relationship with the church. And I'll even make it comparison. Wow. Marriage is holy. 
Marriage is sanctified. Don't treat it like it's just some disposable. We live in a day where we have a lot of disposable things. Disposable plates, disposable cups. We have meals, we'll eat with disposable uh, plasticware and just everything's just, we look good, but then throw it away, throw it away. I don't know why in our house we wash our disposable cups. The kids are saying, you know, they read one of these memes about, you know, your parents are Romanian if. And it says, you know, your parents are Romanian if you wash solo plastic cups and save them. <laughs> They're like, we're Romanian. I'm like, well, I was Romanian before I even knew a Romanian. <laughs> There's some others. I, I, I wish they'd pop in my head right now, but I can't even think of them that they the, uh, you know your parents Romanian but they'll wash the dishes before they put them in the dishwasher we just don't want to clog it up you know with all that food the thing is this don't let the enemy get your focus so on your difference to see that as something that needs to divide you it's a trick of the enemy and he will use it in your marriage and I'm here to tell you, instead of fighting over your difference, celebrate your difference. See what you can learn from each other, from your difference. Man, man, you're not, you're not whole. You say, oh, I'm a man, I can press. No, you're not whole without your wife. I don't care how much superman you think you are. God said, Adam was not whole without Eve. And Eve, I know you can... Take care of the fire in the kitchen. You can take care of the flat tire. I know you can do it, but don't isolate him because he doesn't jump as quickly maybe as you hoped he would. Be patient and let him be involved in it. He loves opening that jar for you. Sometimes I know Pastor Adika, she plays, she plays, is it coy or whatever? I know she's like, oh, could you open this for me? And I'm like, yeah, right. And she's probably already ate some of the pickles out of there, you know. But I'll go and I'll give it everything I got him. And it just opens right up. And I, she said, oh, I must have already loosened it. I was with my struggle. But she said, oh, my hero. She said, give me a pickle. Let's toast. <laughs> Let's celebrate our differences rather than be divided over our differences in our marriages and in every area of life. Amen? If we can do that, let me tell you what, you're going to, your, that your God covenant relationship that is most important outside of your relationship with God is going to go to the next level. And I know some of you, you're not married. Some of you, let me tell you what, we need to know because we are here to help those uh, and maybe counsel with those and be an encouragement to those. If you're going to be married, be prepared for that uh, so that we can be uh, all working together for the same cause. You never get into a conversation where she or he's putting down their spouse and say, you know what? He shouldn't do that. He sh no, no, you know now. You know how to turn that. Say, so don't let the devil do this. Don't let the enemy divide you guys because you're different by design. Amen? Would you stand with me, please? Lord, we just thank you tonight that your word speaks to every aspect of life, even our marriage. Lord God, I want to pray for marriages Christian embassy 
those that are represented here tonight, Lord God, those that are yet to take place, marriages that are yet future, Lord God, those that are still one of the surviving spouses of a marriage and, and they're, they're standing strong, but they're, they're alone. Lord God, we want to pray that the supernatural presence of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, would move and minister to us at every point of need. Lord God, we want to cancel in the name of Jesus, we want to cancel every plan of the enemy to, to, to destroy or to lessen the effectiveness of marriages in this house. We want to cancel it in the name of Jesus. We want to make a decree and bring forth the glory and the, and the passion and the, and, the, and the presence of God Almighty into our marriages. Lord God, that they can be healed and they can be uh, promoted and taken to a whole different level in your glory, Lord God. Lord God, let what Adam and Eve, as you surgically put them together, Lord God, let what they experience be experienced by the, the families here at Christian Embassy, Lord. Lord, supernatural, so much so that it's this divine type of your relationship with us. It's so supernatural that you use it to be an example of your heartbeat towards us, your passion towards us, your love towards us, and your provision towards us. Bless the marriages, I pray, Lord God, for everyone under the sound of my voice, those who are tuning in tonight, Lord God, we just reach out through this technology in the name of Jesus, just as Jesus sent His Word. And that centurion soldier said, Jesus, just send your word. And, and you don't have to come. Just send your word and it'll take care of what needs to be taken care of. Lord, we send your word through this, this, these cameras, Lord. We send your word through this audio right now. And we just pray in the name of Jesus for healing and for turnaround anointing on broken marriages, on struggling marriages, on, on marriages that are in trouble. In the name of Jesus, let there be a supernatural move of your spirit. Lord God, that would bring healing and wholeness and grace and ministry to our marriages Lord to make them stronger to make them whole to cancel the plans of the enemy and to cause the plan of you God to succeed to you be the glory to you be the honor and to you be the praise for we will always praise you we will always thank you we will always love you for you are great and mighty and worthy to be praised for it is in Jesus name we pray Amen and amen. Come on, God. Come on, guys. Let's show those women how to clap. Give praise to God. Come on. God bless you all.